All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Fields of Fortune. Once again, I'm your host, Christian Fields, investments major, um, still a student, at least for the next few weeks, Uh, soon to be financial professional here to give you unbiased, unfiltered, and, and most of all, useful information about the economy, the stock market. Um, things you should know. So without further ado, man, let's get into it. Uh, We are going to jump into our market recap for the day first, as usual. So for the S&P 500, uh, it was actually up 8.92% for the month of November. Pretty, pretty astounding, right? I mean, being that we were down, what, 18% for the entire year last year, and now we're up almost 9%, almost half of that in one month. Is uh, pretty impressive. The Nasdaq, on the other hand, was also up 10.67% in one month, right? I mean, of course, that's expected if you've been keeping up uh, with the tech wave, particularly AI, right? NVIDIA, Microsoft, uh, stocks like that. Well, you know, the rest of the market is, is doing good, right? And I'm going to go through that first, but I want you to know that there's a bit of a, a dichotomy in, in how the market is versus how our actual economy is. And I want you all to understand that. So let's continue. The S&P 500 is up 72% of the time in December, right? So 72% of years in December, right? Since the the S&P's inception, Um, it has been positive throughout the month of December. And I say that because the rally is set to continue, right? 72% of the time is something you all should know. Um, And 62% of the time it's up for other months. So majority of the time, almost three fourths of the time in the month of December, you should expect the market to perform well. Now, these bullish estimates are pretty high. Um, Some have pushed them up to around 4,800, close to to 5,000 for the end of the year. Personally, I'm not sure of that. Uh, I believe Black Friday helped a lot and it's going to continue to help as people get those last minute sales in before Christmas and, and New Year's and things like that. But stay tuned in and watch close. Um, Again, a month is short term. Your portfolio should be for the long term, but um, something you should know. Now let's get into inflation. A core PCE was released for the month of November. That was uh, 3.5%. Now that's lower than 3.7%. I'm sorry. You know what? Core PCE was released for October of 3.5%, lower than 3.7% in September also lower from 4.3% back in June. So we are seeing a steady decrease in core PCE. For those of you who don't know, PCE is an inflation gauge uh, just without food and energy because food and energy are so volatile that they almost uh, inflate, no pun intended, (laughs) uh, inflation, right? So continuing, uh, manufacturing PMI, which I spoke on last week, uh, is at 46.7 on a steady decline for the past two years. That means we are seeing a decrease in consumables, right? Your electronics, your cars, uh, household devices. People are starting to purchase less. And of course, that number is going to be skewed by the end of this year you know, due, due to Black Friday and the holidays. But overall, it is going down. This is where I want you all to uh, be, be aware of how this is going to tie in later to the episode. So uh, Vanguard Bond ETF, ticker BND, hits $100 million. 100 million bought for an ETF, first time ever. Now, this is pretty big because um, this bond is essentially tracking the uh, 10 year yield on the treasury and, you know, representing the market as a whole for bonds, for, for fixed income specifically. Now, this is notable because 
as you know, the stock market usually does well, and it's been booming like it has, people usually step away from bonds because bonds are the, it's the safer option. I mean, it's the, you know, put your money there, let it sit, get some some guaranteed cash flow, right? It's, it's not as risky, as exciting um, as the stock market. So usually one is up and the other is down, but right now we're seeing both up pretty well. I remember we're also coming off the inverted bond yield uh, where long-term yields were actually higher than short-term, which is usually not the case, right? So interesting position we're in for the bond market. Um, and right now we're, we're gonna jump into the beige book. So last week, uh, the Beige Book, which is a book by the Federal Reserve, um, produces ultimately this uh, this breakdown of the economic conditions across 12 central banks. Right, The Federal Reserve has broken itself down into 12 regions um, headquartered in places like Atlanta, Philly, San Francisco, etc. Right. So with this Beige Book being released, uh, there was some pretty interesting stuff. In it. Now, they break down different parts of the market. Uh, for example, labor is a section, uh, retail, manufacturing, and they pretty much give you the, you know, the, 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 the 401 on, on what's going on, right? So let's get into it. Uh, labor markets uh, were reported to be stable across the uh, different central regions, with wage growth being uh, moderate. Retail was pretty flat meaning it came out flat from the last beige book, uh, 0% gain essentially. Uh, commercial real estate is decreasing, which we're gonna get into later due to high borrowing costs, um, i.e. interest rates. And manufacturing, again, going back to PMI, is falling, right? Is that its lowest since September. So this is something interesting to note because once again, our you know market, our stock market is doing phenomenal. You know what I mean? It's it's having uh, one of the best months. November was actually one of the best months of the 21st century for the stock market. So things are are amazing right now, right? But on paper, things just don't add up, right? For example, uh, you know what? Before we get into that, um, I'm going to say that the following statements are going to be very looming of a recession, right? You're going to see the characteristics of a recession in our current economy. So first, we're going to get into what a, what a recession is. Let's define it. So it's a persistent or pervasive decline in economic activity, right? This economic activity um, is everything from non-farm payrolls, uh, industrial production, retail sales, etc. And it's usually um, officialized, if you will, by two negative consecutive quarters of GDP, gross domestic product. Now we haven't had that yet, but we have had a downturn in economic activity in non-farm payrolls, uh, production, sales, etc. right? Uh, for example, DXY, right, which is the uh, dollar index measuring the value and strength of the US dollar, um, is down seven basis points year to date. And the Euro is actually moving stronger now, of course, you all know that, you know, the, the London exchange and the U.S. exchange and, and our economies in general are just two of the strongest in the world. Um, and so we tend to compare. And we're also pretty close and linear enough to compare. And with them doing better than us, um, it raises the question as to what's going on here. Right. Why, why is our dollar not as strong? Well, that's for a lot of reasons. Right. I'm talking two, three years since the beginning of covid reasons. We're still seeing the effects of that now. Uh, for example, with supply chain issues, that's the reason our real estate market is moving the way it is, right? Existing home sales are down 14%, almost 15, 
14.6% uh, year over year. So from last November. Um, and also the median home price is now $391,000 <laughs> for for anywhere in the U.S. That's the average home price, um, which is up 3.4% year over year from last November. And existing home sales are also the slowest. And it, here's the real uh, notable part. The slowest since the Great Recession, uh, particularly in the year 2010. So after the crash of 08. Now, I personally don't like when people just compare everything to 08 because 08 was obviously a, a very horrible time right it was the second biggest recession um next to the great depression in u.s history right and it was also a world recession at that so people tend to just compare every every negative thing that happens in our economy uh to that part of time which is not always a fair comparison um however that is why i'm singling it out to only the home market, right? Only the real estate market. We're going to compare that specifically because um, that was the hardest part hit at the time. Now, properties on the market in the U.S., right? This is uh, across all states. Um, on average, 23 days on the market before sold, right? This is up 21 days um, from last year. Now, we're seeing prices increase. We're seeing less people buy. We're seeing people take more time to buy and we have a weaker dollar. Now, all of these are signs of a recession, right? It's a sign of economic downturn. And the reason people are, are trying to get this recession monkey off their back, if you will, is because the market is doing so well. But people don't understand the market is merely just a representation of what's happening in real life, right? The market is almost like a game representing the, the real situation occurring um, for the investors out there. You know, there's a difference between market value and book value of a company, right? A market value is just what everyone else thinks of a company, right? Well, everyone wants to buy the stock. Well, the price goes up. Everyone doesn't want it. The price goes down. But book value, right? What's actually in the assets versus liabilities, what's in inventories, right? Uh, retain earnings, things on a balance sheet. That is what is really an indicator of true value, right? Market value is not always um, correct because it's it's merely subject to public public opinion. So, um, continuing with that, I mean, data shows that eight of the last ten recessions were preceded by an inverted yield curve. Uh, what did I speak on over the last few episodes? An inverted yield curve, right? Um, the yield curve again. Long term was uh, higher, paying higher rates than short term. Um, 80% of the time over the last 10 recessions, at least, um, that has predicted a recession, preceded, excuse me, a recession. So uh, that, you know, st started what, six months ago? And it's just now getting fixed as, you know, the bond market rallies. As I mentioned, uh, the Vanguard bond is hitting 100 million for the first time. Um, people are starting to trust bonds a bit more. Um, but it's it's interesting because we're also trusting stocks and we're also trusting gold. Now, for those who don't know, um, gold and other commodities is the correct word, um, meaning your, your tangible items, your wood, your iron, your natural gas. Um, those are typically seen as a, a safe haven, right? Almost like investing uh, in, a, in a money market firm, firm excuse me, fund like a, uh, a CD, for example, uh, you tend to invest in your CDs, your gold, your iron, your wood, uh, when other parts of the market 
i.e. real estate, stocks, bonds are not doing well, right? That's when people tend to run to gold and, and other things like that. So when that happens, people get nervous, right? The, the other investors watching, they're like, why are you all running over there? I mean, everything's, you know, something wrong over here. And usually it is. Usually uh, the stock market or the bond market is not performing well and people run to the gold and the wood and what have you. Uh, but in this case, people are running to gold and the stock market is doing amazing. Right. I mean, gold hit an all time record high of, of twenty one hundred and analysts um, at various banks predict that it will stay over the two thousand mark, uh, which it just hit last month for the entire year of twenty twenty four. That's pretty. I mean, it's great. It's a great investment. And, and again, this is not professional advice. Seek advice from a professional <laughs> before making decisions. But this is something you should be aware of. Right. Um, and analysts note that uh, prediction of gold staying so high due to a weaker dollar, as I said, and, and geopolitical uncertainty. Again, various, uh, I guess, conflicts, don't want to use the word war yet, but conflicts going on around the world are affecting everyone around the world because we are a globalized economy, right? What, what happened here in 08 um, destroyed Europe a lot worse than it did for us <laughs> when we had it pretty bad, right? So something interesting to note um if you're interested in looking at gold some tickers are uh, au g and gfi those are our three uh, pretty notable tickers in gold if, if you like to invest rather than paying the higher price for futures or, or playing options or something like that so i'm continuing with this i guess recession oriented activity going on uh mark zuckerberg ceo of meta formerly Facebook, um, shares, excuse me, sells shares uh, for the first time in two years. Now, granted, his stock was up uh, extremely high. I'm not sure the exact position, but the, the extremely high over this year, right? And that's particularly because uh, they are a primary owner in, uh, I believe it is OpenAI. They, they are almost behind uh, Microsoft in terms of ownership when it comes to, to AI and the AI wave. So, and of course, you know, he's going to incorporate it in meta if he hasn't already. I'm, I'm pretty sure he has. But um, anyway, he sold shares valuing $185 million. <laughs> now, this can mean a lot of things, right? Uh, meta stock has done pretty well this year. So selling shares isn't, it, you can't just write it off as, oh, I'm scared what's happening in the market. I'm running the cash because you know, it's, it's a pretty sizable profit for him at the same time when that activity is unexplained, um, like it was, for example, I believe three episodes ago, I spoke about Jamie Dimon selling um, a little over 100 million in JP Morgan. He's the CEO of JP Morgan. A situation like his is a little odd uh, because there was really no precedent activity to explain why he chose to sell. Um, Zuckerberg has his reasons, right? It's performed uh, pretty well. Uh, but what's he going to do with the cash is the interesting part. Uh, is he going to choose to go to real estate? Well, it is not looking pretty good right now, right? <laughs> is he going to go to money market and buy a CD or is he just going to leave it in cash? Uh, when people tend to run to cash, it's because they're scared of everything else to invest in, right? If you're scared to bet your money, you know, on, on, on sports or whatever it may be, right? If you don't want to invest in a business, um, you just choose to hold the cash in your bank account until you find a better option. Um, and that sort of implies, at least in the eyes of the investor, that there are no better options than cash, right? But at the same time, the market's doing well. And so it's it's pretty uh, 
it's pretty peculiar to be honest i i'm not sure i have an exact explanation for it um but i'm here to give you the facts so continuing cryptocurrency is up above forty-two thousand uh, for the first time in 18 months so about the beginning of 2022 again people running to those alternative investments uh cryptocurrency is fairly new but it's oft often uh bagged in in the same i guess the same light as your commodities right where the market isn't doing well people choose to run to a safer investment and although crypto is extremely volatile and i'm not saying it's safe uh but it is an alternative right and people want something different um they go where something's different and maybe maybe crypto is more volatile and they're just risking their money right we saw what happened with the um dogecoin wave and and you know am amc theaters uh, i believe two years ago things like that can be just due to uh social proofing right a, a proof of concept people just want to see something works and then they just jump on board um that could be happening here right that that could be happening not exactly sure but all in all i believe my listeners out there need to know that the idea of a recession is not over um the market is doing well yes but that's only one part of the economy everything else points to economic downturn um not a slowing not not a healthy slowing but a downturn uh core pce is not to two percent where it needs to be uh to be classified as disinflation right home sales are far too low uh the retail market uh the, re the real estate market excuse me is classified as a seller's market right now right buyers are out of luck um bonds have been completely unstable this year with a, a record shortage of bonds meaning a, a record selling of bonds of two trillion dollars um and now the bond market is rallying within the same year right things are unpredictable right now uh, for example last friday uh chairman powell spoke at i believe it was spelman university in atlanta where he basically gave his piece as he usually does um on current market conditions now he said uh the word quote unquote premature which was interesting to me uh, he said it would be premature to assume that interest rates are su sufficiently uh you know working yet which means uh, a rate hike is not out of the question as most people assumed, I believe it was two episodes ago, I, I spoke on a survey by uh, Bank of America where 76% of mutual fund managers, um, again, in, in a survey population, uh, believe that interest rates will be done being hiked for 2024. Uh, but here we are one month away from 2024. <laughs> and Jay Powell is saying, well, not exactly, right? Because things are not going as well as they seem. Um, I believe the stock market ultimately is skewed and of course there's plenty of theories about the market being uh owned by a select few of people being hedge fund companies whatever it may be uh but it should be very interesting to see what happens in 2024 um my advice is to get educated i'm not telling you to buy anything but um get educated on your options right have options have different methods of making your money have your money spread out don't put all your eggs in one basket right that's the the biggest term of investing right we've all heard that before um diversification is crucial so um get educated everybody and please come with more ideas i've had some some great uh comments and feedback about what people want to hear more in this i'm thinking about expanding the podcast to personal finance uh credit loans things like that so if you have any other interest um 
that you'd like to hear from me, uh, drop it down in the box below. It should be a Q&A box. Um, answer the polls. And once again, thank you all for tuning in. Again, I'm your host, Christian Fields, and I'll see you all next week.